On this episode of the Passion Podcast, we chat with Bruce Craig about renewable forestry and ethical construction on Prince Edward Island and how this dedication to keeping forests healthy and diverse has influenced his career and his community. So welcome to a Passion Podcast. We're here with Bruce Craig, who like literally made me. Hello. Hello. Uh, he is visiting from the homeland, Prince Edward Island. What's the town called? Arlington. What's the biggest town you could actually find on a map? Time Valley would be the nearest <laughs> village. Within and the then we're place 20 minutes from Summerside. Mm-hmm. West okay. of Summerside. And Summerside is the second biggest town? City, city town city. next to Charlottetown. Yes. Yes. Charlottetown, yes. Charlottetown. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Like Charlotte owns a town. Dad, you have a company in Prince Edward Island, so tell us a little bit about your company. Our company started off as a construction company. Our parent company is a construction company. Uh, started off with myself, and then one of my brothers joined me, and then later we, another brother joined our partnership, and we started a plumbing company. And then in uh, 2005, we start we uh, developed Craigwood Products, which is a uh, a wood manufacturing, kiln drying of all cabinet grade lumber's. And uh, so we have the sawmill wood kilns, and we manufacture trims, moldings, cabinets, and then we sell kiln dried lumber to individuals, homeowners, crafters. Anyone who uh, wants commercial wood. commercial businesses, <laughs> it's a wide audience. Very wide, very wide audience. Uh, and we use one hundred percent authentic island wood. Uh, our company, any cutting that we do, we only do uh, selective harvest. So tell us about selective harvesting, and tell us about the other wood harvesting options. So like how it's different to. from other lumber uh, lumber collecting. Well, most wood harvesting is done by mechanical harvesters, mm-hmm. uh, and they clear-cut the land or somewhat clear-cut the land. Uh, our What we do is we do only selective harvest. So selective harvest is not very complicated. Uh, basically, uh, you go in the woods, and you look at your surroundings, and you choose which trees you want to cut down to make the forest more diversified and to improve the forest. So for instance, if you have a tree that has a, a top knocked off of it at one point in its life, well, that tree's never gonna be any better than it is now because the top is broken off the tree. So we would look at that and say, okay, we'll take that tree down. But before we do that, we'll look around and see what's in its immediate area. Uh, if we take this down, are we gonna open up the forest canopy to allow light in to bring new growth? Because you want to have a diversified age in your forest. You want to have trees that are anywhere from five years old to 500 years old. And by opening the forest up and letting the light in, then the young growth grows. And because it's in a in a diverse forest and the other trees are very high, then it grows quickly and with a very few branches to get the light. So you get a number one tree, even if it's only 
What's a number one tree? Nice and straight with very few limbs. So easy okay. to cut into lumber. Yeah. More of the tree can be used when it's sawed down. When, when it's when it's yeah. harvested in 150 or 200 years or whatever it might be. Most if the earth still exists. Most trees. <laughs> most trees that are. Let's hope Prince Edward Island manages to. Most most trees that are cut are anywhere from 80, 90 to 125 years old. There is wow. there is lots of forest that's older than that, but. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, a young tree that grows nice and straight, when that tree is harvested, it's much more valuable because everybody wants the long, straight lumber. Of course. Well, and there'd be less waste products. Well, there'd be, as well, there'd right? be less because uh, the top of the tree goes into firewood, which is a re- it's, it's, con- it's con- firewood is still considered it's considered renewable energy mm-hmm. because and it's, and of course we don't can't forget that trees. Uh, take in carbon which mm-hmm. now we're getting into this carbon tax and, and, and all that type of thing that's yeah. become very big and it's still not it uh, implemented yet but it's getting it's getting close there's places that have implemented but not Prince Edward Island they're getting very close uh, so I have a question for you about sustainable and renewable harvesting because this is a field that I grew up around but it's not something that a lot of people know about um so by doing this process are there benefits beyond uh allowing the forest to maintain its health so can you get like better better cuts of wood or can you select trees that you will be able to use for different purposes and things by going in or is it mostly just an environmental impact that it has it's both um your environmental environmental impact is is extremely important because you want to make sure your forest is healthy. And you use and horses to get the trees out, right? Yeah, to make we, sure you're not damaging we, it. We, do, we did use horses. We don't use horses anymore now. We use a different method now because we don't have the horses horses any longer. Uh, we still would like to use horses, but... It's not easy to find someone who has horses yeah, trained to haul trees out of the woods. Yes. Yeah. It, <laughs> In a not, modern day. It's not, uh, not really feasible for us to have horses anymore. Right. Uh, but the horses were so great for the forest because the horses actually did a lot more to the forest than people realized because their their feet and dragging the logs actually churn up the floor, the the forest bed right which makes the seeds get churned up into the into the into organic the matter and your regeneration is much better because your horse actually stirs up the forest floor like yeah, it. I wouldn't even think about that. It's that so, sort of like of killing sense. the soil type yeah. of thing, right? So, well, and also vehicles, I'm sure, would damage the trees as they came in and out, right? But horses understand how to like move or damage the growth, right? Yeah. Just because there's a kind of greater surface area. Well, uh, vehicles compact the soil, mm-hmm. or horses don't because their hooves churn up the soil, and you're dragging logs, so it's scuffing up the floor uh, bottom. Where if it's uh, hauled out with a mechanical devices, put on a trailer or uh, some sort of a, a, of a vehicle that so that it's pulled out with wheels so you get compaction and you get so you don't get the stir up of the forest as much uh, which which is very important to for your natural regeneration uh, but the longer you leave a, a, a forest and the larger it is the more valuable it is can you tell us about uh, the importance of having diverse forests and old forests and natural forests as opposed to tree planting forests? Because I know when I've had conversations with people in the past about this, they've talked about like, 
well, what difference does it really make if we're clear cutting, if we're replanting all those trees? So can you talk a little bit about uh, why renewable harvesting is beneficial as opposed to just um, replanting the trees with tree planters? Well, tree planting is great. It has its, it has its, uh, its use. Uh, for instance, if somebody clear cuts a forest, well, then you can go in and replant. And when you replant, you will get whatever is planted will come up. But you'll it's also... It's better than nothing. Exactly. But you'll get natural regeneration, which will also mix in your forest. Mm -hmm. So if you plant softwoods, you're going to get natural regeneration of hardwoods that will grow up with it. Can you explain the difference between a hardwood and a softwood quickly? <laughs> well, uh, well, a softwood tree is a, it's a spruce or a fir or a pine. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, any sort of like needle-based trees. They're basically needle-based trees. Okay. Ever, ever, evergreens. Like, yeah. Evergreens. Yeah. Hardwoods would be like maple. Ma hardwoods are maples, birches, uh, elm, elm, uh, yellow birch, What's oak, poplar. poplar. You're just quizzing uh, now. Larch. <laughs> uh, there's just no end to the amounts of trees that grow. Uh, ch cherry trees. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, walnut. Bird's eye maple, mm -hmm. uh, all these trees, all uh, so there is some benefits to both systems. Uh, for instance, in our some of our own properties that we own, they were former farmland, so oh. we've had the mob planted in forest. So as the forest comes up and gets about twenty five years old, then what we do we do is we go in and we thin it out and we. So basically what we do is we look for the natural regen tree that come up. So we cut the forest plantation stuff around the natural regen to let the natural regen come up. Right. So things like all like at least in the east coast, I don't know the naturally occurring plant like alders are something that grow a lot on the east coast when things are cut. So you mm -hmm. would go in and cut down all those alders to make sure those better trees because alders are kind of garbage trees they're like the right. dandelion of the tree world <laughs> yeah. uh, can make sure that they're not like smothering out those that they have a more chance. important naturally occurring uh, ex exactly systems. and in our in our plantations that we did the reason i don't like plantations is because normally the species are all the same right There's they're, no they're all the same species or like we did we did mixed species because we would not do anything with all the same ones. Mm -hmm. But still, if you get a disease, it takes your whole forest. Yes. Are you able to renewably harvest um, disease trees that haven't necessarily been impacted greatly yet? Are you able to salvage anything from them? Oh, yes. Yes. Like, uh, for instance, the Dutch elm disease is yes. all across Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we've, been, we've been taking Dutch elm trees that they're removing in the cities and taking them to our facility sawed them and kill and dried them for okay. people and then they're making furniture and moldings and trims and and all kinds of stuff that's with amazing we need to do that here yeah. i don't know if we are i'm it's, gonna do some research it's after. Uh, it's it, there's quite it's it's a there's a fair bit a little bit of uh there's a whole bunch of little scenarios you have to use because the tree's dying you have to make sure that it's sawed when the when the trees are in the dormant state so the larvae that's in the tree You're is it it's, it it's yeah it's, and we take when we take it to our facility all the bark has to be taken off and it ha and then it's taken to the landfill and buried so that that larvae can't get 
in anything else. It's like the plant of the plant version of it being like a biohazard. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take a lot of precautions. Quarantined. The Plus, you take out trees in the forest that are diseased anyway when you're renewably harvesting because, like, the health of the forest is so important. Yeah. Even if you can't use that wood, it's important to make sure that you're containing that disease anyway, mm-hmm. right? And another thing they're doing in in, in uh, Prince Edward Island is there, there's a lot of biomass now. It's uh, what's biomass? Biomass is where they take forest that is. Uh, dying or, or or poor forest and they, they chip it up and it's used for heating systems so they're actually putting oh, systems like the wood pellets kind yes of thing? it's a similar okay. it's similar to the wood pellets uh oh. what they're what a lot of the places are like uh, hospitals almost all the hospitals and schools on prince Edward island now are heated with biomass and, oh this is amazing and now they're starting to do small villages now there was just a, a small village of tignish which is on the western end of pei They've, they've, uh, they're heating all their government buildings and their hospital and they're all with, with one heating system. And, and all, so this is still known as like a renewable energy source it, as well. It's a renewable energy source. And of course, it's like anything. Some people don't agree with it because they say, well, they're clear cutting the forest to do it. Well, I look at it from a different perspective and I say, okay, this is a perfect, perfect way to go into a forest that was cut off 30 or 40 years ago and it come up natural regen go back in there and do a selective harvest and take out all the stuff that doesn't need to be there and take that out and grind it and use it for heating yeah. system and then you're benefiting benefiting the forest for future growth it's not that cutting the trees is the problem it's how they're cutting the trees exactly the because you can cut tons of trees in a forest and actually make the forest healthier it's that people are lazy and don't want to do it that way because you make more money clear cutting right? yeah and don't hire arborists to do it they hire yeah but like if, but also if you're if you're uh, selectively harvesting, you would have a smaller profit margin. But then you would continue to be able to use that forest for many years to come, yes. as opposed to wiping it out for like a hundred years. And right? then you're you're yes. also benefiting the forest because then you can let the forest grow. So we'll use this as an example: is how many cords is in a forest? Well, let's use a cord a, is a measurement for wood. For yes, everyone who yes, knows. A, a, a cord is a measurement for blocked wood or lumber. Like a volume, it's like volume of yes. wood. Like so, how you measure like centimeters or acres. If you take a forest that's forty years old that was all cut at the same time and it all, all naturally regrew at, at the same and it's all the same size, well, if you went in and did a selective harvest in that and go back in twenty years' time, your volume would be about twenty percent more. That's how fast. Wow. It's your an volume, investment. It's an investment and in the future, and it's an investment for your forest and the water systems and the eco and, yeah. you know, all that stuff, right? And so how did you educate yourself on these sort of concepts? Is it just through being an entrepreneur, being a business owner? Uh, some of it uh, was from my grandfather. My grandfather, uh, one of my grandfathers owned a, was a farmer, and he had sawmill, and they owned large tracks of property so they did they did a fair bit of cutting and then my my mother's father uh, I went to the woods with him a lot as a, as a as a child and he only did selective harvest and it was all about making sure that where he cut like if he went in the woods this year and cut firewood or lumber for his farm or wherever if you went back in the next year you couldn't see where he cut Wow. It was just that you'd have you'd have to look. Yeah. Leave no trace. Because the there was just a tree here and a tree there. Yeah. And, and it, you'd have to find the stump from the tree in order to find out where he cut. And that was just the way of doing things. I'm assuming, like, at that time there wasn't necessarily as 
high of a density of clear cutting as compared to now. Back in the in the let's say the sixties mm-hmm. was it just what it just didn't nobody did it unless they were clearing land to farm. That was on Prince Edward Island a lot of land was cleared to farm because that was the livelihood back in the in well, the it still the, is. It yeah. still is the thirties, forties, fifties. That or, or uh, when people were uh, coming over in the ships years ago and developing land. For the last three hundred years. Yes, really they been they clear cut mm-hmm. land. It was just to farm. Woodland. The whole East Coast was just woodland when mm-hmm. when we all came and colonized, settled, yeah. and were terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So most of the farmland now, or excuse me, most of the woodland now, is land that was never going to make good. That was never good farmland. They tried. They cleared it, and it grew back up again because it wasn't good farmland. Mm-hmm. Even when they farmed with horses, it still wasn't good farmland. So then it just naturally grew back up. Easily. If if it was ever cut. Like uh, one of our woodlands, uh, one one of our properties is very large, uh, mature forest, and I don't think it's, there's trees in there that are three, four hundred years old. How big is so it? So it's just untouched. How big is an East Coast tree that's three or four hundred years old? Because we're not we're not talking redwoods here. Like how big is a three to four hundred year old tree in that climate? Uh, a three to four hundred year old tree is about thirty six to forty eight inches across. Like diameter. Uh, like across the middle across the middle mm-hmm. okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the circumference would be but uh, there is trees in, in some of our forests that are that age and if any of our listeners are great at math and can work out the circumference from the diameter I don't even remember let the us equation know. for that that would be, that would be, pre- that would be pretty large oh, God. that would be pretty large yeah. it would what be pretty of, large what kind of species of trees get to be that age within the east coast forests mostly maple birches uh Birch Your, trees? Yellow, yellow birch. Birch trees oh. are really common out yeah. east. They're like really, really common. We birch. have birch, I believe, but they're quite you can small. Get, you can get some big... Well, I haven't been around the right birch, birch trees. trees. That's well, how they make canoes. It would take so many can, a, like trees. A, a white birch tree will grow 150 years, but not much older than that. Right. Like a 150-year-old white birch tree, we, you know, if, if we're in our forest and there's a big white birch, we really, we look at the canopy. Mm-hmm. Look, so normally what we do is is we look at the canopy to see is there new growth and if it's a, t- a tree that hmm this tree looks like it's getting at the end of her life well we'll probably leave that and check in the summer when it's when it's in leaf because then you can tell if a tree has any stress yeah but normally a white birch that's uh 150 years old or so it's pretty much at the end of its but a yellow birch will grow they'll go three four hundred years old how big Maples. like yeah, they're they're crazy big. Oh, I love oaks, this. oaks again will grow every bit as big as, as maples or birches. Yeah. Can I share an antidote? Dad really loves trees, and sometimes when you're driving with him in the car, he'll start looking at a tree on the side of the road, but then he stops looking at the road. And then the tree, and everyone gets nervous. Don't die. Like dad, look at the road. And he was like, "Oh, I thought I saw, I thought I saw a, an oak tree with this moss on it." I, I mean, was really interested. Brooks I think he would go out doing what he loved, looking at trees. Yeah, you would die the what doing what you loved, checking out a sexy mm. oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, one thing about but PEI is uh, PEI used to be in in the fifteen hundreds was pretty much all oak. Well, now okay. there's now there's not many oak left. They got cut down because shipbuilding. They got right? kept, cut down oh. for shipbuilding. But the problem is, is an oak is oak is a slow tree to get 
started. It takes it about four years to really, because it has a tap root. So What's a tap root? A tap root is just a root, just like your finger, that goes down just in the ground. It's one, one root. Yeah. yeah. And an oak tree, that has to get down into the soil and get and established. It's... It'll go down about six or eight or ten inches, and then it'll establish a root ball where a, a normal tree will make a root ball right on top of the soil and then gradually go down. But it would be harder to kill an oak tree once it's established, it's, I'd imagine, because it would get the bottom of the water table. It, right? it's, yeah, almost, just them it's almost impossible to kill an oak tree when it's established. You could cut it off two inches above the ground and it'll, it'll still grow sprouts off of it. That's but crazy. the problem is when, when they did that cutting back for the shipbuilding, that the oaks came up, but then the other forest overtook them. So... Right. Uh, there is a lot of, I, I walk a lot of forest lands and I see suppressed oak. So it's it's that high in the forest. Dad's gesturing about two feet off the ground. Suppressed so, oak is a very good term. What does a suppressed well. oak mean? It means that uh, it grew, but now it's in a, in, in a forest with a very dense canopy. So just not so enough it light. Can't get, it can't get enough light. So it's so stunted. It's stunted. But I mean, in some of our forests, when we find oak, what we do is we go cut the trees around the oak. Yeah. To let that, mm -hmm. like, we'll cut a tree, or a mature tree, or a, or a couple that are near that oak to let more light get in. Then the oak will take off, and it'll grow two, three, four feet a year once it gets established. It. Wow. Uh, I keep finding them on my own property. I found uh, three or four more last fall. They're only this high. They're only six inches high. But once I open up some forest around them, they'll take off, and in a few years' time, they'll be up above the. Me and my sister's part. childhood chores sometimes included hauling trees out of the woods when my dad located a sexy oak tree or something that he wanted to... A suppressed to... oak. Yeah, <laughs> a future sexy oak tree. He wanted to really improve its its chances and we'd have to haul all the like, you know, shitty alders and uh, softwood trees out of the forest. But what I learned from this experience is that if you ever at home need to haul a fir tree out of a forest, yes, you want to make sure you're pulling it like pointy end in the front because then all of the branches slide back and it's smooth. And if you pull it the other way, you're in for a really bad time, as mm -hmm. I've learned from doing it and then having you come over 45 minutes later and be like, why are you still hauling this tree out of the woods? And then and we're like, like, it won't move. It won't go. And you're like, oh, you just need to turn it the other way. <laughs> Keep working at it, girls. I feel like lots of children <laughs> learn this from like carrying Christmas trees or something into oh, their home. Yeah. And then Katrina's like, no, I was in a forest and had to pull this tree out of the forest and because like, my dad did not want it there. Yeah, well, because you For were the moving health of on the to, the other, to the other trees. Moving on to better trees. Yeah, but when you're, like, 10, you don't really, like, appreciate it at all. You just... You don't like, care about the Why ecosystem? does everybody else get to play Pokemon and I'm hauling trees <laughs> from the forest? <laughs> I just want to sit inside with my Polly Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. No, you always cut them down in the winter. Redeeming yeah. quality. Are mosquitoes yeah. bad in Prince Edward Island? They're That's terrible. That's a Manitoba yeah. question, but I just want to so, get a sort I'm of I'm sorry, Manitoba listeners... My parents' yard will whoop Manitoba's mosquitoes a hundred times over. We used to have to wear full screened in bug suits when we first moved there. Dad, also known as Bruce Craig to everyone else except for me and my sister. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to us about this stuff. This has been great. I'm going to read where to find you on the internet because you're not an internet kind of guy. Uh, so you can find the company that Dad works for at... PEIconstruction.ca 
You can find them on Facebook as Cragwood Products Limited. So where can we find the PEI Woodlot Owners Association? We have a, a Facebook page and a website, so we can be easily found uh, on the internet. And, uh, and we'll link to those in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much for spending some of your vacation podcasting with us. Yeah, talking about work. Also, I love that you managed to get PEI construction. Like, that's all you needed for your URL. That's amazing. I was Googling, like, Craig Construction, Craigwood Products, and I was like, I feel embarrassed letting it on my website, <laughs> website name right now. And then I just Googled it, and I was like, PEI Construction. So basically, when anyone... See, all of our friends who are in marketing would be like a round of applause for that because now anytime someone Googles construction PEI, they get... They get you they guys. Get construction and Craigwood products. Yes. Yep. Anyway, thank you so much for talking to us about... Everything. How, how, how we can forest better. How we can forest better, how we can produce better energy... Um, how we can bat better and capture them and bring them back to our layers. How to not be mean to the environment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoyed it.